There we go. Good morning, everybody. You're on Iron Radio. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, strength coach. I run Strength Guild and also Special Olympics teams. I had Special Olympics lifters a couple weeks ago, and then one of my guys goes to the actual – he got invited to the the Special Olympics, which is in 13 days in uh, Florida. Oh, nice. In his final little training days for that. So, yeah, it's my second time I've had a kid go to that, to the actual games. So, it'll be fun. Are you going down there with him? No, I am not. Oh, okay. His dad's going to go. His dad comes in and helps coach every session. So, his dad has been named one of the coaches of the team. So, Oh, very cool. Yeah, the fundraising isn't that great for these things, surprisingly. Mm. Um, so... I just don't have the time or the expendable cash right now to make a trip to Florida. Yeah, yeah. that's understandable. Yeah, so you guys better introduce yourselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> Dr. Mike T. Nelson, uh, Associate Professor at the Kerrigan Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert, which opens early June, flexdiet.com for shameless promotions. And yeah, back in Minnesota, was at the REC conference here in town last weekend, so I wasn't on. As Coach Jarrell out of uh, Kansas City, um, I run Strength Guild, basically Strength Guild weightlifting on, well, just a little east of Phil out there in Topeka. Um, honestly, really just getting ready for nationals next month, so that's really all we got going on. Um, so we got some news. I'll start off with the first one is uh, I got word that I don't know how many of us even know about this, but uh, the Swiss conference, which is normally a big strength and conditioning conference in Toronto or near Toronto. It was canceled the last two years, I think. Oh, yeah. Due to the pandemic situations. And uh, the cool thing about that was they opened it up online and I've, will tell you I jumped on that. It was like $5 a month or something. You can listen to any talk ever, um, which is worth a while. But uh, they are moving it to Ohio this year. So a little more accessible for folks like us. We don't have to pull out passports or anything and fly all the way to Toronto. I just have to fly across the United States. So that's going to be, I don't know the exact date, but from what I hear, late October like we were talking before the show, it's either like the 21st or the 23rd or I can't imagine it's the 28th through the 30th and having it happen right on Halloween weekend. But yeah, <laughs> um, so I think it's that that weekend before Halloween. But uh, that should be interesting. I'm going to head out there. I'll head out there and visit with Dave and Jim and things like that. I'm not sure if Jim's going to talk or Dave, but uh, that remains to be seen. But if anybody has... And interested in going to that? Drop me a line. You can uh, we can get a beer or something. So and listen to yeah. some thoughts. People haven't been to it. I <clears throat> I've been to it a couple times in Toronto, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it this year because I'm probably going to be gone. But yeah, it's it's great. Like in the past, we had I think both times like four rooms of people speaking at the same time, uh, which is great. But sometimes you're like, oh, I want to see this one and half of that yeah. one, and yeah. some of the rooms get pretty packed out and. You know, good amount of vendors, and yeah, it was always super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it'd be a good one to go to. I mean, it's kind of the, uh, 
Well, as far as strength and conditioning goes, I look at it kind of like that ISSN conference for which is on the nutrition end of things. Mm-hmm. But it's usually real high end people that are actually doing the job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you don't have you don't have speakers that are just shit. Um, you know, it's generally people that are out there actually doing the thing in their field. So uh, be a good one to go to. Yeah, my other plug too is if you're a little bit more on the rehab physical therapy side a lot of the people he gets for for that and you know body work and stuff are really good like some of the people when i was there came over from europe and i got to hang out and talk to them for quite a while and there wasn't nearly as many people in their sessions but if you're a little bit more on on that side of the spectrum too uh, i would assume the format will be similar he always has some some really good people in that area too which is worth checking out look it up here Plus Ken is just like the nicest dude ever. Yeah. Swiss conference. I don't see anything online yet. From what I hear, it's supposed to be announced on social media soon. So uh, that's my insider. That's an insider news source there that you get nowhere (laughs) else but on Iron Radio. Right. So, um, No, and then Darrell was telling us that Shaw has released his uh, events for the this year's Shaw Strength event. You got those pulled up? I haven't even been able to find them. Yeah, Shaw, this is the Shaw Classic. So yeah. I think they're looking to do it every year. It's, uh, Max Hummer, Max Hummer Tire Deadlift, or day one. So Max Hummer Tire Deadlift, Super Yoke, Circus Dumbbell for reps. I think the Super Yoke is it's like... It's pretty much like a thousand pounds for eighty meters. It's the same one they did last year, I'm pretty sure. Or same weight they did last year. Uh circus dumbbell for reps, that's a head to head event. And then they're doing he just announced a throwing event, what it's either a bat like bag or keg. Hasn't officially nailed that one down. I think that one's probably he's probably just waiting on to see what his location's gonna look like. Equipment, uh, day two, log press, frame carry, and arm over arm medley, uh, car leg press for reps, and then Atlas stones. So, he says there's going to be some twists, but I don't think he really said much about the twists. I miss the days of the early World Strongest Man. Huh? Like the super early, like Casimir type thing? Yeah, yeah, we're CBS. like, yes. <laughs> yeah, where they like, okay, we're sumo wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of crazy shit, man. Or so when they were they running did, shit like, out of the ocean and things like that. They uh, had a, a max hang event one year. Yeah. Where they were hanging, it was like, it was almost like Ninja Warrior-esque. They were just yeah. hung on a pull-up bar until they fell in the water. Exactly. Just crazy shit. And, like, invite – that's when they invited, like – there weren't, like, strongman professionals. It was like they'd have some dude from the NFL, and, you know, <laughs> they'd just pick crazy strong people from all kinds of different sports, and let's see who's the baddest motherfucker out here. Um, and we're going to do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, I, I kind of miss those days. That was fun. You know, a mixture of stuff. I want to see these guys, like, throw a softball. Like they did in CrossFit games. See which one can throw it. That was the- where he had the boxes on the end. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that, I understand why they got rid of the arm wrestling, because they had tons of people like, you put guys that big together and they're just blowing each other's arms. But Oh, yeah. There were so many blown biceps and stuff from that. But uh, Yeah, the refrigerator carry did it in a few backs, too. Yeah, yeah. But, no, nah, it'll be fun. I think Shaw's... Shaw Smart, especially, I mean, he seems like he's bringing this up at the right time, and it probably happenstance, but with how the uh, the Arnold kind of went shit for a couple years, and he popped out right at that time, like he couldn't have scripted a better time to start a new one, because one of the big competitions kind of lost some favor, and so hopefully he can pull it off. I mean, it's good to have some other big things, and, you know. One would wonder if he's going to end up putting it into a, uh, eventually move it to a, um, like a, a large venue with other stuff going on, much like an Arnold or Olympia or things like that, which is going to, of course, that's going to take time. But uh, those just seem like smart events, and I don't know why more people haven't done them and why more strength sports haven't latched on to other <sighs> pre-existing festival type things. Yeah. It just it just makes sense. Like for me, yeah. I think it would be badass to like let's latch on to like uh I don't know, some kind of metal band. Uh from like uh, Ireland, not Ireland, but like Iceland or something and just like do a powerlifting tour of meets that happen at their concerts. That would be fucking badass. <laughs> you, know, you have the stage with music That'd playing, be cool. and then it would, you know, and just like we're doing a 300 state world tour, 300 stop world tour, and at every tour there's a fucking powerlifting meet on the stage while the bands are playing. Oh, that would crush <laughs> it, man! I would fucking totally be there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. You could do like a little bit of <clears throat> crowd participation, like they try to do with you know, have a few inch dumbbells there and other yeah. you know. Little tasks people could try with it. They either make it or they don't, but you're not going to put them under like a heavy yoke and watch them destroy their spine, you know? <laughs> exactly. Get a bunch of drunk white trash people just lifting heavy shit, man. It'd be amazing. Yeah. So, That'd be fun. <clears throat> but no, I mean, I hope it works well for them. I mean, it seemed like last year was a, a big step forward aside from I think they had issues again with their live stream. But, uh, yeah, that's all that stuff gets. Every new event is going to have. Shit, they got to work on. It's just about making it better next oh, year. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just going to, it's inevitable. You're never going to start off perfect. So I hope it works out well for him. And seems like he had the right things in mind. I mean, he, you know, pays people well and uh, puts on a good show. Yeah. So it's inevitable. I mean, he can't do this forever. So uh, use that name he built and create something that's lasting, kind of like Arnold did. You know, Arnold couldn't compete in. At a high level forever, and then but he built a big enough name that he could create a an expo around his own name and uh, build a legacy. So, how many more years do you think Shaw will compete oh, like as God. the strongest man? People keep talking shit like, "Oh, he should have retired." Dude is still like podiuming, so he's still doing great. You know, why exactly. should he retire? So why retire <laughs> if you're like taking second or third? Yeah, like, if he... sucks. He took third. That doesn't yeah. suck. Yeah. No. Especially at that level. Trying to loud. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Man. This guy seems to stay healthy. 
Yeah. yeah say it's got to be tiresome, like, keeping that calorie range up for as long oh. as he has. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's yeah, what. That so how long has he been a really good strongman? Like, probably 10 years? Yeah, at least. Yeah, at least. I mean, like, a, I'm trying to think when his first, like, sort of top finish was in World's Strongest Man, but it's it's got to be almost 10 years ago now, I think. So Brian Shaw could be you. So, yeah. 10 years of 10 years of 10,000 calories a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, to be tired. Oh, tired yeah. The, the, the digestive tract has to be wore out. <laughs> <laughs> but how, but he comes yeah. off of it, you think he's going to yeah. come off and then almost be like Thor and just be ripped in like six months or something? Yeah, that's <laughs> like you see, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to with this about, but it's just like, uh, with, uh, like NFL linemen. You see them retire and the first thing they do is lose like a hundred pounds because their whole career has been built around like having to shovel food in their fucking mouths. And so their break is like, I finally don't have to eat. Uh, so world's strongest man, he qualified for the first time in 2008. Oh, wow. And then he took third in 2009. So oh, pretty much, if you want, he's been a high ranked competitor for what is that, thirteen years? Thirteen years, years. yeah. So that's a long time. <laughs> and then yeah, time. he took he took second last year. People were like saying he needs to retire. He took <laughs> fucking second. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the only thing I think what'll do him in is injuries. I mean that just yeah, that's what I would be worried old, about too. You get old and they just happen. You know, I mean you just. It's it's inevitable. You just don't recover as well. So, and I don't know how old he is. He's got to be pushing forty. Let's see here. He's late thirties, he I think. Eighty-two. So he's freaking forty right now. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah, that's old. So for that sport, I mean, <laughs> oh. yeah. So, if I remember right, he was a basketball player first, which seems crazy, but <laughs> makes Shaq look small. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but we have a question. I posted this way too late last week, and then this question came on after the show. But I figured we can like build off of this. Um, Travis Gordon, who I know Travis. Travis is a coach and also a. Uh, I think he does PT, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a PT. I do believe out in California. I actually sat down and had. Had a dinner with him when I went out to L.A. to that weed farm. So, uh, but with young and ex- young or inexperienced trainees, would you program a deloading week? If yes, how often do you, would you program the this week? Who wants to start this out? I have I have thoughts on it, but man, you guys start out. I I don't I don't program any deload week like specific one for. I mean, really for most people, I don't, like, I wave the volume and intensities up and down, but not like those are uncoupled for me, so I don't do, so I can have a high volume and higher intensity week and, like, a low volume, lower intensity week. Now, for, like, competing, let's, like, I'll I'll say, like, Nixon. And then some of it I just have to deal with. Like school schedules, other sports schedules, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it doesn't even matter, really. Yep. Like, I don't. I have very few kids who are like really just dedicated to lifting. 
Yes. Most of my kids, I mean, like Nixon, Nixon's like in the orchestra. He plays, he plays chess and all this stuff. He does all this other stuff. Not lifting related stuff, but, um, so the schedule's all messed up anyway. But we have kind of regular loading weeks, but I treat it like practice. Like they come to weightlifting and it's just, that's your practice. You practice weightlifting as if it's a, you know, let's say basketball or something. Like it's a skill sport. That's kind of how I treat it more so than like organizing training loads and stuff like that. I just don't have anyone who's able to, any young people who are that able to be super consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So now we back off a little bit like during, you know, the week leading up to nationals and stuff. But even then it's kind of like, I don't mind it. Like I think the year he took, so he took bronze his first year going to use, you know, bronze medals, uh, on snatch, clean and jerk and total. Like that week, I think he hit a, like he PR'd his snatch and clean and jerk in training that week. Cause we were just mm-hmm. like Wednesday or Monday and then hit those numbers as like second attempts on the platform. And then was able to still be like, in the neighborhood for those third attempts. I think he made one of the third attempts, so he PR'd again that Saturday. So, not really. I just think kids' nervous systems are too plastic to, like, really need to back off. So. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't I do not do it at all, especially, I mean, more so with younger, inexperienced trainees. Uh, they don't – they just don't need it in general. Um, when you're a, a novice – I mean, you're never really reaching that point of – it's real hard to overreach with a novice because they just suck. You know, their weakness is they're weak. <laughs> so it's just truth. I mean, now you get yeah. somebody that's squatting eight, 900 pounds, and, okay, we probably need to back off. Uh, but even then, like all my – most of my programming, especially in-person stuff, um, D-loads are not forecasted out. We happen to do them when they're needed. Like yeah. when I see a fall off that happens, like if somebody comes in and has a bad day, whatever, we're not deloading. You start tacking, stacking two or three bad days together, and it's like, oh, okay, something needs to happen, and then we'll back off. The only time that I have back off weeks, and powerlifting is different than weightlifting. Weightlifting, like you just talked about, it seems like most of the PRs happen in weightlifting when people feel like they're beat to shit. It's like you beat a weightlifter to hell and then, oh, PR. Uh, mm. Powerlifting, that doesn't happen. So we'll have a deload week prior to a meet. Uh, the week of the meet is much lighter. Uh, we still lift. You know, I tried the whole not lifting at all thing, which a lot of people mm. were into for a while. Really? And, yeah, and all that did was make people really mm. stiff and sore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll come in and lift. Like, let's say the meet is on a Saturday. We'll lift, like, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Super light. Yeah. But we'll go through all three lifts and maybe some rows, and everything's, like, 50%. It's super easy stuff, but uh, just keep moving. Uh, if you take a, that full week off, it's just – I haven't had good results with that at all. Um, people just shit well, them. I don't think I've ever even done that. But I, as a follow-up to the kids portion of that, the other thing I would say is, and 
it depends on kind of where you're at, what the culture is in your community. But kids, like the work capacity of kids is so low as it is Mm -hmm. on average that I spend so much more time like just getting them in shape to lift and move than I do any, any practice of loading structures and stuff like that. So, yeah. No, and I can see that. And then also, let's be honest, 99% of the time we're not dealing in strength sports. You're not dealing with a professional athlete that just lives their sport. Right. So they also have a life outside of that sport. And basically what I see happens is a deload just happens because, hey, I'm going on vacation. Hey, I got this coming up. So that's just an unscheduled. Instead of having these people, hey, I'm going to freaking, I don't know, uh, I'm going to the beach for five days. Instead of trying to figure out a way for them to train uh, suboptimally during that time, we're just going to use that as a deload week, and I just tell them to be active, you know. Go fucking surf and kiteboard, you know, for a week. Go do fun shit and be active doing it, and, you know, we'll use that as your deload. And then, okay, we're back on the pony, right, when you get back type of thing. So, um, yeah. I mean, I do something similar. I mean, I don't train a lot of youth anymore. I did for a little while many years ago. But, yeah, same thing in that case, based on physiology, mm-hmm. ah, they don't need one, as long as your programming is somewhat intelligent. Yes. Um. You know, some older people, high school, maybe early college, if I'm doing some stuff with them, I might, but it's usually more on the psychological reason. Like if I have someone who just doesn't really want to do a lot of volume, I'll program an overreaching, what I call week, and then I'll tell them your taper is next week. Now, the reality is, do they really need the taper? Yeah, probably not. But I found if I didn't give them that, Easy week. They weren't going to do the hard week. <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. kind of like an agreement of, okay, you do the hard week, then you have an easy week. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just kind of keep going. Their compliance just tended to turn into dog crap. So, yeah. um, um, you know, older clients, very more intermediate level, I'll kind of do the same thing because at some point I, I kind of want to push them a little bit, but you know, like you guys said, they also have a life. We can't, like, destroy them. They have to go to work. They've got all the other responsibilities, too. And the following week, I'll usually tend to make easier. I'll put some AMRAPs in. And then I'll kind of know about, you know, are they really progressing or not, too. And then most of the time, it's going to be a vacation, a trip, something else like that. So even though I may have stuff set out for clients, several weeks in advance like literally every week i go through and look at it again to be like okay with everything they have going on in their life is is what we have programmed still appropriate yeah right because you know similar to what you guys said that this isn't their number one gig above everything else mm-hmm. right so they have the inverse the only really controllable factor in their life is probably the gym and how much volume they're doing where yeah. if they're a high-level athlete, it's the inverse. It's like, okay, well, your nutrition sucks, and you just need to go to bed. We're not changing your training. Yeah. Um, but for most other clients, it's the inverse because training is probably the most easy thing you can change in their life at that point. Yeah. The other part of that, the only other thing I'd add to it is just this is just across the board, not just with youth athletes, but – how hard it is to really get to overreaching with like yeah. an hour or two training per day. 
Yes. Like real overreaching. Like, so the kids that I'm the most careful with that I've had, that I've worked with, they were doing lifting adjacent to their gymnastics training, which mm-hmm. like when they're 12, they're doing 12, 13, they're doing four hour sessions at gymnastics plus an hour with me. So it's like, I'm a little more careful there, but yeah, when you have like, as people get more athletic, I mean, those real practice for like regular sports, it increases almost, almost doubles per the daily amount until you get to like the four to six hour range. Then is where it's like, you have to be somewhat careful with, like overall load and stuff like that. But an hour or two a day, especially if you have rest days in between there, it's, it's pretty tough with the exception of like really heavy loading for powerlifting. It's tough to like dig deep enough for them to like their nervous systems to be operating at such a level that needs a, a week long deload. Yeah. Like most of the time a weekend is fine. Like a weekend. Or a couple of days, like backing off, is is going to be fine. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And the supplement industry years ago latched onto that whole overtraining thing, and they really yeah. blew it up. And people don't understand, like just because you're a little tired, doesn't mean you're overtrained. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I reached a state of that once in my life, and it was like absurd what you have to do. That's when I was like, I'd run an hour at night, I'd run an hour in the morning. I'd lift six days a week, and every part of my life at that point was, like, anything I did, I looked at it as competition. Like, I'm walking somewhere, so I'm going to walk there as fast as I can. And, <laughs> like, I had to and, – and dieting, like, amazingly. So you mix in losing a bunch of weight with that, and, you know, over hey, months – You were doing CrossFit? Pretty much. <laughs> before CrossFit was real. Um, <laughs> before it even existed, and uh, of work it takes to reach that, that state is just—it's unbelievable. And people, especially when the supplement industry was pushing that, and of course it was the sell supplements. Uh, it was the it was the hot topic, and everybody thought they were they were worried about overtraining. And it was like uh, most of them like needed to try to overtrain <laughs> to realize how much you can actually train. Like, Oh, I trained three days this week. I'm a God. So, and but yeah, like you said, with kids nowadays, uh, most of them are so grossly out of shape. It's like, they just need to work more. Yeah. Where we talk about this all the time. Like when I was a kid, you know, it was rare you drove past a park and did not see kids playing sports. And now it's right rare to drive past a park and see kids playing sports. To see uh, a kid. Most, yeah, yeah. A, a kid, yes. <laughs> I mean, like for us, it was always like it just switched all season. Like, okay, we're playing pickup basketball games. Now we're playing pickup baseball games. Now we're playing pickup football games or whatever. It was always something. And now that stuff never happens. And, but yet, the science tells us to worry about overtraining and like gone are the days of kids. Like, like it's amazing. Kids lived when they like at six, it's time to help grandpa load the fucking hay truck. You know, how did they not die? (laughs) 
So yeah, uh, I mean, and it's it depends. Like, and the reason I say that is because I'm this area, the area I'm in right now is Johnson County, so it's kind of it's more affluent, like a pretty affluent area. Yeah, like. I can't tell you how many times that like parents will come and be like, Oh, my kid has baseball or soccer or whatever practice, like an hour practice, two or three, like, so be careful. Like, no, 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 man. Like, there's no, be careful. This isn't, a, he's not a pro athlete yet. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like yeah. then is careful. It's like, he needs to do some building right now so he doesn't yeah. end up being one of those kids with, Who's in eighth grade and has already had two knee surgeries. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Which I've seen so often out here. And the other part that's frustrating with all of it is like how expensive it is to get kids to just do stuff. Like, so you have people playing at the park. Like that was like a big thing. You just go out and play or practice, Mm -hmm. do whatever, you know, you go outside, do stuff. I mean, just to get involved with sport. I mean, you have like thousands of dollars. You know, yes. for the actual club itself, then you have to get like private, don't have to, but like you get private lessons. Then you got like the speed, the speed coach who's dancing them through speed ladders mm-hmm. and stuff. And then you got the strength. Oh, well, we do, mm-hmm. we don't do speed stuff here. We do strength stuff here. It's like, that's way too much stuff. Like, especially if they isolate into one sport, which is what all these coaches out here pre- mm-hmm. like pressure the kids to do. It, that's the stuff that needs to be focused on in terms of like backing off, changing stimulus. But everyone thinks like the lifting part is where the mistake, like where the problems are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everyone looks at my, like, oh, like what he's doing here, that's what's causing him the knee problems. Like, no, 18 hours of baseball per week for three years in a row yes. without any break is what's causing him that problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a definite problem. And um, and like like you said, parents, it's the cost. It's amazing what it costs to have a kid do a little league sport. Whereas when I was a kid, I remembered it was like, okay, little league baseball. That's twenty bucks. And you get a shitty T-shirt. Right. And we're gonna patch a team together. <laughs> and it was like some dude's dad was the coach, just because he had time off. Uh, and now it's like, like you said, it's thousands of dollars to play a sport. Whereas like we just did it. Like the kids got together and, you know, we'd go to baseball practice or whatever it was twice a week or whatever it was back then. And then we'd go create our own practices, you know, and that's all we did was just play varied sports all the time. You were just always doing something active. And yes, it's a different time. Uh, like we rode our bicycle. We wanted to go swimming. I rode my bicycle a half an hour down to the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that and i'm not sure you can do that now uh but anyway and even just the the handful of practices i've seen there wasn't a lot of emphasis on movement quality no it was just run do different drills like sports specific stuff in air quotes but you watch the mechanics of some of these kids and you're just like what's going on but no one would step back and work on that stuff maybe they maybe they didn't know maybe it wasn't sexy maybe the kids weren't so tired or whatever but that's the part that just scared me it's like okay so you got a bunch of kids doing drills all of them are moving badly there's a couple that are probably just naturally moving well 
And that's just not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think part of that is, and I've been following somebody recently that's big in the AAU sports and AAU coach, and, like, he's just talking about, like, the changes and all the bad that's happening in it, not just the money, but there's an emphasis early on now in whatever we're going to call it, youth sports, little league sports. Like, the emphasis has changed from teaching them the sport to winning. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. Like, <laughs> they're not learning. When when you're 100% goal-driven on winning at a, for eight-year-olds or whatever the hell it is, yeah. you're not taking the time to actually teach them and grow the sport. Nope. Um, so what you're doing is you're playing the best kids, you're overplaying them, and you're not taking the time to make them better. So what you're seeing is these eight-year-olds that are naturally gifted, and then by the time they're in high school, they're no better because you spent all the time on winning and not attacking their weaknesses and teaching them new skills. So their skill building is isn't going anywhere. Uh, so, and then, like you said, varied sports and things like that. And it's, there's a big push now, at least you're seeing it from college coaches and things like they're trying to pick up players that were multi-sport athletes. Oh yeah. Because they've proven, you know, it's proven that they're just, Better athletes, they're less injury prone um, compared to the kid that, like, at eight years old, he was a pitcher. And, like, his parents made him a pitcher at eight. And that's all he's done from eight to 18. So by the time he's in college, he's had more throws than the average fucking professional baseball player (laughs) on an 18-year-old shoulder. And, oh, and then the dumb shit, like, preventative John surgery and shit like that. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. why are we doing this? Why, and we're wondering why these kids are beat up. Uh, and don't want to play. Yeah, they're done. They're burnt out. They're literally like, burnt out. Like yeah. the handful that don't get beat down are like, yeah, I'm doing great. Do you want to play this sport in college, Johnny? Hell no. No, you've, you've <laughs> sapped the fun out of it. You know, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, let's keep it fun for these kids. And just, you know, that's that goes back to what me and Darrell talk about a lot is just, the the renewance and the building of a physical culture again. Yes. Like, physical culture should be fun. Like, I can't tell you how much fun we had. Like, it was fun to go play pickup baseball or football or whatever. That We did that for fun. Like, physical exercise and physical exertion was our form of fun. And uh, you wanted to do it. It's nothing we were forced to do. So, and it's, I don't know how we get back to that. Uh, and that's what I try and do at my gym. I mean, my number one thing, like I got a new kid, he's on week, God, this is week three. And literally my job for these kids is number one, win them over. Because like my first goal for him was a super quiet kid. It took me two weeks to make the kid laugh. Mm-hmm. That's fucking saying something for me. Because <laughs> I'm a funny <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and that's, I like, literally, I just try to screw with kids. And But my number one deal is, and that's how I get them to stick. Like, if you make this shit fun for kids, like, you see all these coaches, and then all they do is chew their asses and push them, push them, push them, push them. Uh, if I can get them having fun, I can turn them into a lifer. And it's not until then, once they realize it's fun and once they're having a good time doing it, now I can up the intensity of things. And they yeah. wanted, um, yeah. and I don't know where that was lost. It's like you take these kids at a seven years old, 
Like I was listening to some deal the other day and like it was a soccer coach and he was coaching the four and five year old team. And he's like, okay, we lost our first game. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being 0-1. But if we go 0-2, those kids are running wind sprints. What? They're four- and five-year-olds. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like, come on, man. Let's, like, <sighs> Jesus. Like, come on. If you make this things fun for them, they're going to turn it into a lifestyle. And that's, it's just, make it fun first. And you're going to have kids stick around. So, and that's yeah. that's really my biggest goal with young people is just realize how fun this is. And then it's that twist on, I hate, and I got this from when I was in, like, the thing I didn't understand is, like, coaches that will punish you by making you do more work. Like, I was an right. offensive line football. No and, sense. like, the fucking biggest thing for football coaches is go run laps if you did something bad. Yep. It's like, holy fuck. And, like, it didn't matter your position. Like, I was I was 14 and probably 280 pounds. Go run fucking laps? Holy shit. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. And not to mention, let's just, like, of course I'm going to hate that. But if you look at the position of the sport, why are you having a lineman run laps? Like, that has nothing to do with my sport. You know, your job is, like, be really strong and fast for, like, four and a half seconds. You know, uh, but I just don't... Why are you using... Why are you using the sport as a punishment? punishment. Exactly. You want them to do more of and actually enjoy to some degree. And you turn it into something they hate. Yep. And that's <laughs> and that's why I try to I, I try to twist that turn and a lot of that is just in the way you voice it. The way you uh you know, present it to them. Like for me, when we go into my gym, their first sessions for months are pretty fucking easy. Like they yeah. might be done in 20 minutes. And what I try and push onto them is you I flip the flip the scale over. And it's like you want to do more work, you have to earn it. And we we start viewing not a punishment, but is a good thing. Like you earn you earn your right to do more work by doing good at this. You know, you get this little bit, and we'll give you more once you're having fun and you prove that you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, is they want they they're they're busting their ass to be able to do more. Um, and just flip the scales on that and show them that more work is actually a good thing, and you only get more work by doing good. Uh. So I turn it into a reward instead of a punishment. And I wish there was a way to get that to click with people. Because uh, I think you'd have more kids doing sports instead of viewing it as a punishment. Coach the dick, he makes us do more work. And it's like, <sighs> and that works in all fields. I mean, you look at my, hell, you went through graduate school too. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, Mike has a doctorate. And if you're getting pushed by an instructor at the graduate level and they're a dick to you, most of the times they're doing that because you have uh, – they see something in you and they think you could do well. When you get to high level, like the people they push the hardest is the people who can take it and that they think are gifted and could do something. You know, do that with kids early on. Like don't push – like. 
you're you're making little Johnny hate the game because you're punishing him all the time with the shit you want him to want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he's not going to want to work harder because you've turned it into something bad. So, yeah, I don't know. We're getting off topic. Yeah. A good topic. And then, I mean, I think uh, Brian Grasso pointed this out years ago when he was running the IYCA is that, well, let's take a step back and look at why are kids even in athletics and how many of them are ever going to compete at a professional level, like as their job. Yes. Like very, very few. You can argue about what percentage. So if it's not to make them professional athletes, some of them will be, then what is the purpose of what we're doing it? Right. And I think we have to kind of, redefine what that purpose is like you said getting them used to exercise building up skill set work capacity mental toughness and air quotes and whatever there's tons and tons of stuff that is extremely beneficial for them but everything is just performance at all costs for five-year-olds which is i mean the russians showed years ago that that for performance other than figure skating and gymnastics if you only care about performance and that's all you care about that wasn't even the most effective path. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, it's like that idea coming from the Russians is even more impactful because if you right. ever meet any of them, like <laughs> they're like, you're you're lucky. You want to talk about a group who's like, you're lucky you get to work today. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> lucky you get to train today or you whatever. To eat. <laughs> yeah, that's the group. Sorry, I was typing up stuff for this notes for this week's episode. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough one, and I don't know how we turn the tides on that. I mean, I think you're seeing it some because, it, like I said, at least there's a push now. When the college coaches are screaming about, you know, they want uh, their biggest prospects are multi-sport athletes. It's not always the best kid. Uh, it's a multi-sport athlete just because they know they generally excel better later on when they didn't concentrate on just one sport. You know, it's just getting these kids a, a well-rounded base of physical culture and turn the tide from Little League sports back to, like, literally, Little League sports should be about skill building, not winning first. If you win, fucking great, whatever. Um, but the number one goal should be making the kids like if they don't end the season and they're not better at their sport, you failed. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it don't matter what your win loss record was. Like if your kids are not better after a season of sport in some measurable way, you didn't do your job, and that should be your job. It should be like one hundred percent of your goal at that level should just be betterment of the individual not advancement of the team in a tournament. Um, yeah. So I think you see that a lot in European. Well, it used to just be kind of their Euro- European, like soccer development programs, like, which is the goal of the program is like over 20 years, almost like 15 to 20 years, whatever it is. That's like the, the development arc is in that range. And then they applied that to basketball, which is how you get, you know, like the Jokic and the Luka Doncic of the world were highly skilled, maybe not as athletic as really, I would say, our kids 
but that's like the difference between let's say like the AAU basketball system and then like the European development system for soccer and basketball, which is like the focus of it starts high up. There's like a central focus and then it kind of branches out where ours is like extremely privatized and you have every group trying to like lurch forward and do this and that. And I would say you kind of see some of the same stuff with weightlifting for us right now with the way things are broken out into like the big teams and stuff. But yeah, development over time is that's like an unheard of thing. If you talk to any of these club coaches, like, like asking them, Hey, where do you want to see this athlete four years from now? Like what, what would their arc look like? And it's like, that's not even thought about. Nope. Yeah. It's all about today. You know, they're, they're like drafting kids in little league. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, you do, you have like, you have clubs around here and I'm not in a huge town, but that are trying to steal kids from other teams to win today. And it's like, they're nine, Yeah, you know, fuck. Just take the kids in your area and try and better them in sport later. Or hell, even if it's not that, like we talked about, just get these kids a healthy relationship with physical culture. <laughs> that, honestly, that should be your goal. Because like Mike just said, like what percentage of eight-year-olds is going to make it to the major leagues? Point zero 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 one. You know, so really you're not making like – if you have 40 kids on a team, if one of them at eight years old, if one of them gets like a scholarship to go to college, you're lucky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? So, and then out of those, one of out of 100 are going to go to the major leagues. It's like, holy shit, change your view and just get these kids to like sport and being physical and, you know, change our world in a better way, you know. Let's defeat this obesity epidemic by just getting people to fucking walk you know, and enjoy it. Enjoy exercise again. So, yeah, and, and make it fun. Just realize that sports, they're, they're leeching the fun out of sport at an early age. Like, and that's what it should be. Like playing baseball or playing football or soccer or anything, let's make it fun again. Uh, and the, the major league, the, the, the NFL and major league soccer athletes are still going to be the same people because they're just fucking gifted mentally and physically, you know, but then the rest of the kids are going to benefit because they'll have a life of just realizing that doing physical stuff is fun. And at some point they'll realize that, Hey, I just wasn't that person to make it to the majors and that's okay. 99.9% yeah. people don't, yeah. <laughs> but at least they'll have a, a healthy relationship with exercise. Yeah. yeah I would love to see some statistics on how many kids, the earlier they were competitive, like how much faster they just probably burn out and what happens oh, yeah. to them 10 years later. Yeah. I would imagine it's not good. No, it's like that. Uh, God, it's probably been 15, 20 years ago that, that mini Hercules or whatever that kid, that his parents like made him a bodybuilder at age nine. Oh yeah. yeah. And now there's a show about him. Like he does not fucking exercise. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> by like, 
by like 11, he just fucking retired. 11. <laughs> he Aww. peaked out. I make fun of my daughter for that because, like, she, you know, we don't force her into sports. The only thing I had for her was, like, if you sign up for a sport, you see out the season. Then you can quit. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so she power lifted when she was five, six, and seven and won the world or the uh, AAU Junior Olympics. And then I joked with her, like, she she retired at six. Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, it's just all in fun. She's still very active. And, you know, she'll come and lift what she wants to. She boxes and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's give that, just make it fun. You know, if they fucking hate it. Like, I can't tell you how many, like, baseball kids I have that, like, their parents want them to. And they do it an amazing amount of hours a week. And, like, to see a kid hate sport at 14, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. If they're, like, burnt out before high school, oh, shit. So, anyway, it was a good show. That was a good topic. Travis, thank you. I mean, I think we we ended up. We ended up going down a rabbit hole way, way off topic, but it's at least related. And, yeah, it was a good question. It's something that we haven't covered before, I don't think, in the uh, however many years we've been doing this, 11, 12 years. So, all right, guys, until next week. See ya.